two, one. Now, what the fuck? That was amazing. For me, it was perfect. Are you kidding me? Yeah, for me, it was the exact same time. <laughs> okay, then there, there's a huge... Oh, that's super interesting. That really means that the audio is actually much more advanced mm. than the video because for me, it was super, super slow. <laughs> but if it worked for you, yeah. since you're recording... No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. It should have worked. But uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, welcome, Dominic, uh, to On My Way. Uh, it's great to have you here, honestly. Um, so, I mean, the setup part was a bit problematic. <laughs> but uh, I guess we figured it out now. So um, how are you doing? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I uh, I do agree. I think our uh, little setup uh, problem was a bit harder than I thought. Um, <laughs> I almost actually got fried by my extender cable, um, but I'm uh, happy we we figured it out. Um, I think we both are a little MacGyver in ourselves. So <laughs> I'm doing fine. Um, I just moved into a new apartment in Lisbon. And um, it was a bit of a struggle to find an apartment at this time um, of the year because um, more and more digital nomads come to Portugal and mm. houses, uh, house prices increase. And so I'm, I was super lucky and now I'm finally here again um, in the new apartment, got everything set up and yeah, super stoked to, to have a little chat with you. Nice. So are you, um, is your master's program done or are you like uh, completely done with it yet? No, not yet. So I basically finished all my exams and the only thing that is left to write is my master thesis. That's what I'm actually supposed to do now. Um, I did start already, but uh, there is a bit of a longer way to go still. But yeah, that's the mm. that's the room. You said you wanted to do it over token design, right? Yeah, um, I'm writing about uh, the blockchain token economy and mm. trying to create a framework. Um, not sure how uh if if you want to dive into this a bit more or yeah, if why you not? please everything just normal conversation like what... right? we're just gonna record it <laughs> like what uh what the main idea is um like what my master thesis is about or yeah just, like uh... honestly like anything um that you think i yeah can profit from so crypto crypto related well yeah. so i let, let me think a second and how I can make this as approachable as possible because I think like the whole crypto, um, the whole crypto realm, the domain is like super, super complicated. Yeah, I think it's very hard for anyone to really um, grasp what's going on. There's so much, there's so much um, different areas. People talk about NFTs. They sell JPEGs online, um, get sold for like millions of dollars. And on the other hand, you have like these super interesting decentralized autonomous organizations people talk about someone yeah. wanted to buy the constitution of america um and so i think to to just make a little summary that's maybe also a bit interesting in terms of what my master thesis is about so i think in overall it's about the token economy right so what is the token economy i think the easiest way to explain it is if you think about like the Mm, the revolutions of like human productivity, right? So I would say like there are like these three pillars of productivity that, that we went through in our history. So the first one, I would say like the first invention, maybe I would say was like coercive labor, right? 
basically what we started with is we had this civilization. Um, we had a civilization where what was sort of like built on like slavery um, that created castles, pyramids. Um, basically, we had these um, sort of like master slave approach in our yeah. um, history where um, we had a lot of external negative motivation, I would say. Yeah. Um, someone told you something to do. And if you wouldn't do it, you would basically get killed. And if you would do it, you would basically stay alive. And so you had this social contract of slavery, right? And the next step that we um, basically improved our humanity on was, I would say, capitalism. So basically, capitalism introduced something new. I would say something that is maybe people call like self-interest. Yeah. Adam Smith, right? They talk about like this sort of positive extrinsic motivation, like I'm doing something and I get something out of it, yeah. which more or less is based on science and technology. And the next revolution, so to say, I would like the third revolution is where I would say, where we move from this extrinsic motivation, which now turned to be a little bit better than the, the negative one, into also systems where we think about also intrinsic motivation. So if you think about something in the um, in the, the current space, in the current internet space, think of something like Wikipedia, right? Where we have a sort of contribution system. People actually love to contribute to this open worldwide wiki, not just because they get something extrinsically out of it, but because also it's something intrinsically that motivates them. Either it's that they advance our human knowledge, um, which is open source for everyone accessible, or some other factors that based on intrinsic motivation, which I cannot like tell you tell you right now. But so it, you sort of have like this also introduction of intrinsic motivation. And I think a token economy, like a blockchain token economy, is something that basically enables this intrinsic value, intrinsic motivation to be captured in a way. Mm -hmm. So we in 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 i think going back like traditional economics we had commodities that people traded yeah. um physical goods then we had like this um internet of information right we yeah. all share information and i would say information in a sense that it's sort of like information is a public good if you think about the economic way of seeing it you basically have this concept of a, it's non-rivalistic and it's non-excludable, right? Informate. If I send you information, um, you basically have the same information as I have and I cannot take it away from you. So it's basically a public good. Um, however, now with the introduction of this um, advancements in cryptography, um, sort of also in the blockchain space, basically allows us to create digital scarcity. That was not available for us before because information would get um, basically duplicated. transmitted, um, yeah, duplicated. And so with the introduction of cryptography and the blockchain, we sort of have this um, mechanism now that we can create digital scarcity. And one way to do this is to basically tokenize um, either physical assets or new sort of values that mm -hmm. have not existed previously before. So I would say that these blockchain tokens that you would see um, um, being being traded now um, in like millions of dollars are basically just a new way of um, of capturing value. These are like value containers, and you can 
um, we're, we're sort of like shifting away of what people value. It's not just commodities anymore, but it's actually be it contribution in like a social network. You write a blog post and um, someone reads it and then you get something out of it. But yeah. also for reading, you maybe get something out of it. And so that's that's the idea of like these tokens, blockchain tokens in, in a nutshell. It actually gets much more complicated. And I think that the like the scientific um, academia is still in its very early beginnings. And, uh, but there's so much to learn. I, I, I really love the way uh, everything is evolving now, even though there are some law concerns as well and ethical concerns, but overall, I think that's, uh, that's my, and, and so my main idea to write the thesis about is how can we create these tokens in a more structured approach? Because people mm -hmm. can easily create these tokens. Technically mm -hmm. you can go onto Google search, how to create a blockchain token copy the code from a Medium article, paste it into your code editor, and boom, you have a new token, right? Yeah. But it's actually, there's so much more to it than just this, um, this to um, just having the technical aspect. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to capture. But you're looking at it from a, like a macro design, like viewpoint, uh, like the, the overall... Like, um, yeah, like from... So I think, I, I think I know where you... Where, where you're coming from um i think the i'm trying to make it as broad as possible um to generalize the approach but in a way if you think about it a token economy is essentially built up like a normal economy so you have the macro aspect mm -hmm. and the micro aspect and um yeah so the macro aspect might be more like the legal ethical technical and maybe sort of political approach and the mm -hmm. micro approach in that sense i would say is maybe more of like the mechanisms you can use um yeah exactly so they're like um, yeah exactly and you're going yeah. from the overall angle and not yeah i'm okay. trying to capture both and and see, I, see from oh, there okay. but yeah, i'm wow just uh just started um i i basically finished all of my like literature review now yeah. um and now i'm trying to synthesize it and maybe be able to finally create the framework and uh, finally finalize my master thesis and be done with my studies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, master thesis is quite. How's a it for work. you? Well, um, why why are you currently in your academic life? Ooh, my academic life. Uh, so my paper finally got through all the steps of review. So uh, I published a paper on um, explaining about artificial intelligence. I created mm -hmm. like a um user interface evaluation framework for um uh explain about artificial intelligence frameworks so basically to evaluate them how useful they're from a ui perspective um mm -hmm. how useful they are and uh, yeah it's been i think the first time we published it was in october last year and uh two okay. days ago i think we finally got the confirmation uh, after a final name change or title change that we are going to be published. It's a, a special issue in, uh, in an AI special issue uh, of Elsevier, like the, the Swiss journal oh, wow. with the tree. I yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've seen a couple of uh, publications <laughs> yeah. from there. So, yeah, I'm super Congratulations. happy. So, thanks. Um, really looking forward to uh, it finally being out. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, uh, so I'm, I'm currently looking, so right now I'm in uh, Santa Barbara, mm -hmm. California, uh, and uh, I 
visited a friend of mine in Palmdale uh, that I know from my, my exchange semester. And uh, mm-hmm. now I'm visiting another friend uh, I met in Colombia a few weeks back. He lives here with his wife in Santa Barbara. And yesterday morning, uh, I was going to LA and he was like, hey, don't you want to come to Santa Barbara and visit me at like until Saturday? And I was just like, okay, I was going to drive there. Uh, but yeah, so I'm in California right now visiting uh, schools. So I'm still planning to do my grad school in, in the States. Um, mm-hmm. in so you're scouting for a university? Yeah. So I, I visited UCLA yesterday, uh, the campus. Um, it was great. Uh, I had like a tour. Beautiful. What are your um, criterias for picking picking university? Ooh, it's all honestly right now. It's all about the program, uh, like mm-hmm. uh, the the what like the the benefits uh, you get from like really the knowledge. I just want to expand uh, my knowledge, so I'm mainly looking into everything that's data science related. Uh, mm-hmm. So originally it was all about uh, business analytics programs uh, but now i'm also looking at uh, and other programs one that is uh, education data science so you have two years of as a two-year program uh 70% of the classes are uh, data science and then you have like wow. this domain knowledge focus um, on educational system um, mm-hmm. or learning it's education and learning so you also go deeper into the whole how ai learns um, and how can you use that um, to to assist learning, uh, like human learning, but also how to use data analytics for for the education system? Uh, so there are different approaches for that. Um, and another one, it's called um, development engineering. Really cool program. Uh, was just okay. launched last. Year. So this year is the first cohort. Um, it's in Berkeley, mm-hmm. and uh, you can basically specialize in uh, one out of four different uh, so like more than half of your classes is are going to be like specializations and it's either uh, data science for social goods uh, water um, and energy mm-hmm. uh, healthcare or uh, like innovative design for social impact and uh, it's basically all about how to support communities that are underdeveloped or countries that are underdeveloped or um, crisis, uh, how to prevent crisis or uh, mm-hmm. solve crisis, also the whole um, climate change topic. So there are lots of uh, master's programs I just found out about like in the last couple of weeks because they're <laughs> so new. So when mm-hmm. the last time I sat down and looked at master programs was like two years ago. And then I had like all those, I had my list of business analytics programs at different schools that I wanted to apply to. But uh, now I kind of have like this, so many cool new programs. <laughs> uh, so I'm really looking forward to uh, to exploring them more. And then I'm probably going to apply to most of them as well. And hopefully starting August, I'm already going to be in the States again. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah studying so why california why the states why not Uh, vienna why not uh i don't know i just love california do you do you like the sun do you like the all of the democrats (laughs) well honestly i think uh, i think california has been republican for the majority of the time so it's actually yeah so it's on on a national so on a uh, as far as I know, like uh, national election, like presidential election, it's it's highly democratic. 
but uh, most of the con- counties are Republican and the cities are usually Democratic, like more so, Democratic. So you're originally from Steiermark, right? Yeah, Middle Styria. of Austria. Styria. Yeah, right and, and, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is from actually. Arnold so. Schwarzenegger, he moved to California. Maybe that's your that's your mission. There is definitely a role <laughs> model there. Uh, so no, uh, I just, I honestly, especially over the past few months, I've been thinking about it a lot. Why I want to go to California and why not go some other places? For example, I really enjoyed it in Medellin in, in uh, Colombia mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Um, but it's still, it's this mix between... I really like the environment, beautiful nature, like those mm-hmm. wide landscapes. They just, for me, they kind of like symbolize personal freedom, those wide landscapes. You have like amazing coast, um, mm-hmm. you have amazing mountains. Um, it's just, I don't know, I just drive down the freeway. Like yesterday, for example, I was basically stuck in a traffic jam for over an hour. And I was <laughs> just like looking outside. And it was just so beautiful. And I was just happy. Um, you look at the palm trees and I'm just, I just have to smile whenever I see California palm trees. That's, that's like not all palm trees, the Californian palm tree, trees. They oh, make really? me smile. Yeah. Just the so California beautiful. ones? I don't know. They have something magical for me. Yeah, so yeah, uh, California, it's, uh, I don't know, it's a good mix uh, in terms of high quality of life. Um, mm-hmm. I really like this laid back wipe that people have especially in san diego and um, mm-hmm. i have to figure out how people are in, in la because you have so many people who just moved there from other places i don't know mm-hmm. I, I can't classify la how how people how people tick but uh yeah um and uh it i think it would also be a good uh, good place for me to stay for a few years and build a community um and that's gonna help me to become a better entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, so. yeah definitely i think that's the i think that that like california specifically at least now still is one of the best places to go if you want to follow some sort of like the american dream enter enter entrepreneurial lifestyle um i do see more and more people moving to austin texas yeah from silicon valley but i think still i mean I, I get what you're saying i think one of the one of the most prominent reasons why I moved to Lisbon actually was also because of the palm trees, because I love palm trees as well. Not just the Californian ones. I like all kinds of palm trees. I do not discriminate young palm trees here. Um, <laughs> I, I like all of them in every sort of shape. Um, but I, I also felt like that I felt more, I don't want to say welcome, but I, I just like the sun. I love just the community that is now building up here. And I can imagine that probably in California, it's actually much, even much bigger than that. And sort of like the people you meet probably in, in, in California are very, they are all very ambitious, I think. So that's definitely, yeah, definitely. There's definitely a lot of ambitious people. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. It has, I think, especially LA has this, like people have, a goal when they move to LA because no one moves there because it has is such an amazing landscape or because the city is so beautiful. <laughs> it's people move to LA because they want to follow their dream. Become a Instagram influencer. Influence, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There, there are still so many, so many reasons. Uh, you have other big record labels. So you either go to New yeah, York or you to LA if you want to make music uh, in, in the Western world, I guess. Uh, maybe London uh, but uh, it's 
it's still it's very shiny um but yeah i could i think i could be happy living here for a few years so maybe even longer um let's awesome. see how things work out uh but yeah the the overarching topic or it's, it's still for me like the, the entrepreneurship i want to build a community um i want to engage with people and i want well mm-hmm. to solve some real world issues and have some fun doing that and okay. so that's the same thing for how i pick my masters that's the same thing mm-hmm. how i want to live that's a difference for example i loved it in medellin and it's an mm-hmm. amazing city and i could imagine staying there for like six months but i don't think mm-hmm. like staying there for several years would would enable me the same um becoming like a help me as much as becoming a great entrepreneur um mm-hmm. because it would be more solo entrepreneur like like there are a lot of digital nomads but you don't have the same structure in terms of um building a startup economy and um, there so yeah i guess yeah. i'm gonna let, let's see if it doesn't work out with uh, the master programs in summer then i'm sure i'm gonna figure out something else but yeah. Just marry marry someone and then stay forever in the US. <laughs> um I heard that's always an option. Not for me personally, but uh, a lot so of people far, mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that is listening to this podcast. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just wanted to say um I think that the the I think it goes on super good. And I would love to come visit you as well if oh, if you sure. happen to 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 stay there. I've never been to the US, so um love to. Honestly, like I don't know. Last time when I was sitting in the in the airplane to to the States, I had the same feeling the first time I went to the States. So mm-hmm. That's the pure excitement. It's just nice. It's just like a kid. I was sitting in <laughs> an airplane from uh from Katarina to Miami, and then it just hit me. And I was like Damn, <laughs> going to the States again. I feel uh, like my only issue um, traveling to the States would be that I, I sort of like, I love sweets, to be really honest. And um, when my American friends introduced me to Reese's, um, I uh, I couldn't stop eating them. And so I feel like if I have like the like unlimited amount of like access to Reese's, I think I would come back with like 20, 30 pounds more. And uh, not sure if that's the most healthy option, but maybe, you know, what do they say? Like you have to expose yourself to, to your fear, greatest yes. fears. Yes. And Manage. so master yeah. <laughs> fear exposure. So I just go there. I see all the Reese's and I, I, I try to need, not like eat all of them, but who knows? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You gotta master it. So they, Hey, once I'm here, um, set up, uh, you're welcome anytime. Awesome. So let's see, fingers crossed that it's going to be next year in August already. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, uh, I don't know. I'm always playing like the diversity lottery, um, like the visa, diversity visa lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'm going to get the visa in another way than, than studying. But I would still want to study uh, because it's just, I want some something more. Like it, it was nice doing business and, and data science at VU. Um, mm-hmm. It gave me a good foundation, but it's not, I don't feel specialized in. Um, there, there's just much more. I think I can still learn in a very concentrated way. Uh, mm-hmm. And universities just still like a lot of people bash on universities and like you can basically learn it all online. But yet mm-hmm. true, but I like this concentration of uh, of knowledge of 
resources of uh, this this whole framework um, that you just spent this next this, this concept spending one two or one and a half years and um, just studying one specific topic you basically you don't get you commit to it and you just stick yeah. to it and yeah. you might do some stuff on the side but that's the main thing you're doing that's your uh, like your full-time mission uh, it's so, the mindset it's yeah. it's it's sort of like what i also feel like I feel like honestly, like at that point now where I'm almost about to finish a master thesis, I'm really happy to sort of leave the academic world. But that being said, I do really have, like, I really enjoyed my, my academia, um, my academic life so, so far, because it sort of gives you this excuse to just basically sit at home and learn, right? About things that I think this is like also the ultimate concept of university. It's not just focus on this one particular subject you have like one of the most hardest exams on, but it's also just learning about other stuff that might be related to it. And that, that might be also some things that um, some parts that maybe some students get wrong where they feel like sort of trapped in just mm. having to study from this one particular thing. I think you just have to take, like take more time and just, yeah, study other stuff. And that's what makes it interesting. That's also why I never really complained about it. But now I do feel that, I, it was a really nice time, but given the fact that I, I see that it's taking so much time off of what I actually want to do, which is working on building products and, and, and trying to, trying just to, to build cool stuff. I, I really feel that it's taking too much time and I, I really, yeah. yeah, I'm really happy once, once that's over. Yeah, I get, I get that. Um, I guess there's a time for everything, but you don't want to. Uh, unnaturally extended if it's if it's already um if you reach the point where you actually just want to do something different yeah uh, but yeah so how are the projects going um like what are you mainly working on right now doing good um so i think um sort of like soft so i'm basically trying to build digital products um digital um software as a service um products with the overarching goal of trying to bootstrap and also stay as lean as possible, meaning um, just being uh, a solopreneur as, as, as long as possible. And um, I'm, I'm currently working on a product called HelpKit, which is um, sort of like a, a tool that helps companies that are using Notion as an internal wiki tool. Mm -hmm. So for those of who are listening and don't know what Notion is, Notion is sort of like a very Mm, very unique sort of blank canvas note-taking tool for companies to, or also individuals, to just take notes about like anything. Um, it's very extensible, which makes it very, um, very, very nice to structure your internal company documents, um, link it to other stuff. And, and more and more companies are using Notion these days. And what I was, um, the, the reason why I built HelpKit. So what HelpKit does, it's basically a knowledge-based software. It helps companies create um, these sort of help center websites that you might mm -hmm. see on, on, um, on, on some software products where um, they basically explain you all the how-tos and they, if you have some issues, the first thing you technically should do is not call them, but just take a look at the documentation, um, find the solution for yourself. And so what I figured out is that even though there is a, there are there are like thousands of knowledge-based software out there already, there was not a solution that basically allows you to um, 
sort of keep all your documents in Notion, but expose them on like a beautiful sort of help center layout, I would say, to the external world. So basically, you, you as a company write all of your documentation in Notion. It stays there. You can um, basically um, tell all your all your coworkers to to work with this one tool you're already familiar with, and then use HelpKit as a sort of like hosting service, I would say, to sort of bridge it over as a normal website that um, your customers can access. You and, use Notion and you use HelpKit basically as a link between. Um, so. So you have exactly. the internal knowledge structure where usually like a notion, someone would have to log in and then you build the bridge. So it's publicly accessible without a login on a website. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I, I started it actually because I was, um, I'm basically working on a couple of projects in parallel. Um, my main, my main, um, the other tool I'm working on is called store Previewer. And what it does, it essentially helps companies to um, preview how their app will um, look like on the App Store as a sort of like you have your App Store um, preview page and uh, Store Preview helps you to, to, to preview that. And I noticed that I was missing some. I, I had more and more customers coming up to me, asking me questions. And the natural response was obviously to automate as much as possible. And so I wanted to create a knowledge base However, the problem with all of these knowledge-based tools is that they are very clumsy. It takes a lot of time to learn a new tool. And I already kept all of my data in Notion. Uh, and so I was like, okay. um, I think this would be the perfect opportunity to just try out and see, see from there. And now HelpKit is actually um, getting more traction than Store Preview, <laughs> which is funny. Um, wow. And it's, it's, it's doing good. It's still not um, enough that I can, that I'm RAM and profitable. Yeah, um, which is sort of like a term in the startup scene that means that you earn enough money to to basically make a very um, a very compromised living. Um, I'm still not there yet, but my I set myself a goal that is that once once I finish my master, which will be next summer, I want to reach like ramen profitability, which is in my for my current budget would be around like. 1,000 to 1,500 euros uh, monthly recurring revenue. Um, that would sort of be my goal. And yeah, so these are the two main products I'm, I'm working on right now, trying to bootstrap. And yeah, yeah, that's a... Easy. So you're now 25? 24. 24. And next summer, you're basically gonna be living completely from your... Your digital oh, products, yeah. your apps, <laughs> I your hope. I income, hope. your partnerships. <laughs> nice, man. I hope. Honestly, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's a dream for a lot of people who want to go down like the entrepreneurial path, but it's, mm -hmm. uh, well, very few make it, right? Like a lot of people have ideas. A lot of people try out stuff. Uh, profitability is hard. Market fit is hard. Like product market fit is hard. Um, and I honestly, I saw you over the past few years, like, I remember you telling me that the whole, like you did business in, in, in Spoke, right? Mm -hmm. um, you told me that the whole uh, app development and programming path for you started with your uh, project with Icons. Mm -hmm. um, so, and since then, what is it now? Four years? Three yeah, years? Almost. Three yeah, years, I think. Crazy. I, I don't want to say it's four because that seems like I'm getting like old now but yeah it's, uh... <laughs> right, like three years and you're already like 
I remember the first one. The first one was uh, case tools, right? The yeah. First app you brought up. Yeah. Uh, the case support, uh, which is actually just as a side fact, um, uh, also for the I- Austrian IRS, maybe um, it's actually the <laughs> the app that is earning the most money still, Damn. which is basically I'm doing um, like honestly I've been um, it, it, it's the project I'm the most passive on I would say um, I there is not really much I do I started doing more marketing now because I realized that. Um, just doing a bit more marketing actually helps me. Um, but the main goal, so, so for those who don't know what, what is like, what is case tools and what was yeah, the, give a few overview. I think that would help. what is the, what was the reason behind it? So, um, me and Jürgen, um, uh, we were both part of this Austrian, uh, student consultancy, um, the largest Austrian student consultancy, um, icons. <laughs> Icons Consulting by student.at. Everyone should check out. <laughs> if you're studying, you should definitely apply. It will change put your in life. Link right here. Can you put? <laughs> yeah, um, Jürgen will display it in the, in the comment section below. <laughs> and I, I like my, my my goal was my my background was basically I was like a semi professional snowboarder and skateboarder. And then I started um, studying business. I kind of got hooked a bit, but I wasn't really sure what I want to do. So I started um, this association, Icons, which basically gives you as a very young student the opportunity to be an entrepreneur, um, sort of like be a um, management consultant um, in the realm of um, maybe a, 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 a smaller scale, I would say. Um, you, you as a, um, still a student get basically a lot of possibility to to see how the the real world works and i i i was there and i i i got like assigned for the it part because i did some super simple programming before they they just like um they they, they saw that I, I i was making like one website and they thought that i'm the best fit for the it department and i thought like oh my god like this i don't know really too much about it and then they gave me this one um project so in icons if you join you have a um if, if you get accepted you have a um sort of like fellow phase which means that you have this one month of like trial period where they see if you're doing a good job or not um and i got this task of building a basically like a slack automation bot and i had absolutely no idea how to do it like i was basically at zero and I didn't, I, I, I knew what like websites were, but I didn't know about like servers and like the whole gist. Yeah. I didn't know anything. And I was super intimidated and sort of like, I didn't want to give up. So I, I, dig, I dug deeper, learned, taught myself how to code basically in that one month, like the, the bare minimum and sort of finished it. And I, I thought it was kind of crappy, but um, the, the, the team really liked it. And that was sort of like the spark where I thought, oh my God, it's, it's like, Building something, um, building something from scratch actually is super interesting, and it does work. Even though you think sometimes that um, that, that that something you do is maybe not that like great, still people do value it. Um, and I also think that there is this um, super interesting entrepreneur, Derek Sivers, um, was one of the first ones that actually also bootstrapped, and he also um, he had like this. This kind of cute, um, this kind of cute quote where he said that um, things that don't look um, interesting to you might be super amazing for others. Um, yeah. In the regard that sometimes you maybe underestimate what you do, yeah. and 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 so yeah, I finished this, and then I I still thought I want to become a management consultant because um, 
that's that that's what probably like one of the majority of people that join a student consultancy want. And I was in the process of um applying for um the the huge management consultancies, McKinsey, BCG, and for all those who who ever wanted to become a management consultant, know that they have to go through a, a job interview, um, the management consulting case interview. And it's a very sort of like standardized approach, I would say, that consists out of many different parts. And there are a lot of books on it, like thousands of books, and they are very expensive. And most of them kind of suck. Um, some of them are good, but some of them aren't. And I, while I was preparing for it, I thought, wait a minute, is there actually an app that does this? And I was going on the app store and I couldn't find one. And I like I could only find one and it was super crappy designed. It 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 was hell of expensive. I think it was like it started at 100 euros a month what? for an app. Yeah, for an app. Um Holy obviously God. nobody knows if someone ever bought it, but um yeah, and then I was like, you know what? This will be like my first project. Because if you start to program. I would everyone advise to have some sort of like tangible thing you're actually building and not yeah. just doing the theory because yeah. programming is all about practice. And so I thought, okay, this is a cool thing to learn how to program a mobile app. And I started building it. It was kind of like a pain in the ass. Honestly, it took me way too long. I think, I don't know, I was working three, four, five months and then I launched the first version and it was really bad. Like I thought I had so many typos in it. I was I, I like I, I was so um so pumped to get the app out that I forgot about like checking my my whole text because I've written it basically all by myself. I synthesized all of the content from like thousands of books um and, and, and tried to make it much more approachable, much more easy um to understand. It was a lot of like um, yeah, I basically wrote a lot of myself, ha hence also basically causing a lot of typos, which I did not know at that time. <laughs> And I just wanted to publish it without really thinking about too much about the grammatical uh, correctness. And then I published it and nobody downloaded it. So I was like, huh, shit, that, that's not cool. But whatever. I, I, I even gave it a price tag of, I think, five euros because Ooh, I thought, okay. who knows? Like, if someone values it, they might as well also pay for the premium content. I had yeah. a pay, I had like a freemium model. Yeah. You could access some things and some things you couldn't. And then, um, like two months have um, um two months passed, nothing happened. I was like, all right, that I mean, I don't have any idea how all of this works, and maybe it's just people don't buy it, maybe they didn't find it. And then after two months, the first one bought it, and I get this notification. And I think for everyone um that has ever built a product, seeing like even if it's one euro coming into your bank account. It's sort of like it's 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 it, it, it's one of the craziest feelings I think that that you can have. It's sort of like I don't know in in German you have this saying um, like Blutlecken. Literally, uh, you get you get hooked, right? Um, yeah. Um, tasting blood, I think, would be the translation. Not sure how that comes yeah. over now, but <laughs> it, it, it it just gets you hooked. It it gets you hooked. And I thought, okay, this is so cool. And then people started more and more people started buying it. And then I got some. Um, I got some really nice emails. People really loved the content. They finally found like an app that could help them a bit better. And yeah. then I also started to get a lot of like hate emails saying that I have a lot of typos in them, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> granted it was true. <laughs> and I was, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't thought it was that bad, but then I took a look at it and I, 
<laughs> it was really bad. Oh, and but still were people, people bought like, it, super right? Mad or or were they no, just I, like gently nudging you and saying, Hey, <laughs> you might I would say your app again. I would say the ones that it's sort of funny. And that's also like a, a business lesson I learned over the past three years. People that buy your product are much nicer than people that don't. Ooh, yeah. So the I ones that you. bought it, they just sent me an email, maybe, hey, I bought the product. It's super cool. But hey, um, yeah, you have some weird typos in there. Can you just um improve them? People that didn't buy it, they they sent me emails where I'm like, You you are nothing in life, you will never succeed. You make an app and can't even launch it without like making like I don't know, writing the name consultancy right. It was more complicated than that, but you get what I'm saying. And mm. then I also getting these emails in the beginning, I think is a really it sucks. Like honestly, it sucks. Um, up to this point, if someone if 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 if, if if someone is really, if someone gives you feedback that is very harsh, I would say yeah. it, it was very hard to learn. In the yeah. end, I really started to really like it. I think that's in the end for every entrepreneur. If you don't can, um, if you can't enjoy harsh, um, constructive feedback, um, I think that basically you shouldn't follow the 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 the, the path of an entrepreneur. That said, there is a difference between harsh, sort of like hate criticism that is basically very personal yeah. um, and the ones that they really try to help you. Um, well, I guess there's a difference between constructive and not constructive because if it's yeah. hate and it's just aiming to hurt you, then it's not constructive yeah. anymore. I agree. I agree. And it's not even feedback anymore. Then it's just like someone sleering on you. It's just yeah. Like, sometimes you do find feedback, even if you, if you dig deeper, like what they say and you try to... So yeah, that like okay. synthesize, but still it's, <laughs> I wouldn't say you should value the opinion of people that, that basically want to hurt you personally. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that, there is a, that there's sucks. a line there. Yeah. And then, um, to, to, to just, um, to, to summarize it, I, the app got, um, I improved the app a lot, got better and better, added some more functionalities and then, um, added the subscription model. And now people still, um, basically almost every day someone you buys it and what? um yeah it's really Crazy. It's, it's still really nice. five euros or oh no i i changed the price completely i had a new pricing scheme um which consisted of so you know you have to know that um the, this one competitive i don't want to call it competitor but this one other project they priced it at 100 euros right yeah um and there was obviously too much but i knew that if i like if that's sort of the threshold, like the anchor, you know, anchor buys, people see, uh, yeah. check out other apps, they see 100 euros, that's a lot. So I thought about what would be a fair valued price, given the fact that books also cost a lot of money, like uh, a yeah. consulting interview preparation book costs like 50, 60 euros, or even hundreds of euros. Yeah. Um, so I have a three model tier now. I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think one month is 29 no, 19 euros, um, three months are 29. And then there's a lifetime deal for, I think, 49 euros wow. or dollars. Don't get me, or dollars. I think it's dollars. Um, and yeah, a lot of people value that, um, obviously, the lifetime deal because it economically makes the most yeah. sense. But I also have people that subscribe, um, subscribe for it. And yeah, and so that was the first app. And it's still, it, it, it's, it's, I would say like a hundred percent that it was 
80 it's like yeah it was 80 percent luck and 20 percent um sort of like the fact that the app i would say is much better than the rest constitutes to its sort of success i mean i'm not getting rich of it but it's still i would say a successful app yeah definitely i'm saying this because i got super lucky with um basically the app is called case tools right so it's about the case interview so people that search on the app store for case interview basically the uh, case use gets ranked very high and so i sort of I, I i the first one or two years i didn't even do like any marketing it was just organic traffic through the app store um which also just as a funny five sudden uh, funny side fact is <laughs> um a lot of people these days are very very uh harsh on apple for um, the 30% um, cut that they took for every purchase. Now they even decreased it for um, smaller companies. But for me, for example, just to, to, to play the devil's advocate, I have to say that just because they have a very sophisticated organic search algorithm, uh, my app got found um, a lot. And that was the reason why it actually um, had this sort of success. So I do see that there is definitely a value in, in Apple providing that, but that's another story. Um, and yeah, and then, then, and the app, um, launched the app. And then I, 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 I sort of realized like, wow, if I just can make an app like case tours, like if I can replicate what case tours is four times, I can yeah. basically you live, live forever. Yeah. <laughs> turns out, turns out that's hundred percent not the case. Um, I, I thought that this would be the easiest approach in life. I would just make four other apps that are as good as cases and then I'm going to get rich, but it turns out that it, it it's just, it's not that easy. And yeah. coming back to the thing you said, um, it's been now three or four years. And I think that the, there were so many, I'm still like, I'm still not ramen profitable. Right. So there yeah. is a way to go for that. And still, I faced the situations where I just wanted to give up, where I just didn't want to to build it any build products anymore because I didn't feel the immediate um, the immediate feedback. You know, like you build a product for three months, um, you you lock yourself in your basement or whatever, and yeah. and you you think that the world is gonna love it, and then you publish it, and nobody's gonna love it because nobody knows about your product, and especially as a technical founder, this is sort of like a trap that everyone falls into. That is that um, technical founders love to spend time on product, but not time on marketing and sales because it's easier. You get immediate feedback. You program something, you see what hap what's happening. But the marketing side, everyone neglects. Uh, the, 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 the most famous um, sort of like, I would say community in this space is called Indie Hackers. And they made a, a poll on Twitter, I think a year ago, where they ask um, founders, um, solopreneurs, sort of indie hackers, um, what the fifth, like what is the thing they are most neglecting but shouldn't? And it was, I think, like 98% marketing. Because it's it's just it's it's just a fact that um, it's a lot, lot more unsexy and it's not that comfortable yeah. for people to do. And so what I want to say is that I, I fall into the same trap in the beginning. I, I did a lot of, um, I, I did a lot of product building coding because, um, I, I, this is what I love. I love to design. I love to code. 
Um, and I neglected the marketing part. And this was really like the worst thing I could ever do. And so what I, what I did differently now with HelpKit, for example, I completely rethought my process because it, 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 it's just, it was not, um, mentally wise for me to go down the same route. Yeah. So what I, what I thought I would, what I wanted to do is approach the whole, um, the whole, my whole like product approach, um, from a different perspective and that being building sort of an audience first mm -hmm. and then distributing the product or building distribution first and then building the product. And what I did is that I, I finally convinced myself to being more, um, public on Twitter to, to basically, um, be more open about what I'm doing. Yeah. And so I started basically building in public. That is the sort of catchphrase people use. You basically share all the goods, but also the downs very publicly um, on Twitter, for example. You can also have a blog. You can do it on LinkedIn, whatever. But um, sort of like Twitter is still the most prominent social network for like a tech community, an entrepreneur community. So this is where the most people do it. And then I, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm just gonna try to be very open and and basically document every like everything i do from the first code i've written to like the last um marketing image i posted and share like the ups and downs like what's happening like is there something that i could do better asking the people for advice and yes. in the beginning i really really struggled with that because you start out on twitter you have like 10 followers which are probably yeah your three friends from like high school where you signed up for Twitter and it's sort of like you basically talk to a, no one and you still like, you have to start somewhere. Right. So it's very discouraging in the beginning, but I feel like that, that, that sort of um, engagement curve that you have on Twitter is very hard in the beginning, yeah. but the, the more you stick with it, the more you persevere, the more you basically earn for, earn in a sort of like um non non monetary way i would say and i found that to be the case it took me i think 3 4 months to really um get more traction on twitter and now it's sort of like this super cool community of of um sort of like all makers like indie hackers that we all know each other and we're basically using twitter as like this public slack channel nice. WhatsApp, Signal Group, um, you name it, where we all basically document our journey and like learn from each other. And with the major benefit that you basically build a sort of audience. Um, and with audience, I don't mean you have to be an influencer and a superstar, but yeah. I mean that just by having like a couple of hundred or thousand followers on, on Twitter gives you much more credibility mm -hmm. and also much more opportunity. So what I realized is that most of the customers I have so far from, from um, HelpKit, for example, they um, they found me on Twitter and they found that um, I'm super transparent with everything I do, even though I'm a small company, right? So there is some sort of um, also risk that, that these companies take. Um, and they just, I feel like nowadays people more and more start to want to buy a product for the, the the people and the 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 reason behind it rather than sort of like the bare utility they get from it if that makes any sense if they're 
if there's a blue ocean market and you're the only one, obviously there is not much choice. But if you have a red ocean market where you have a lot of yeah. um, 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 possibilities and, and alternatives, people love to buy something where they where they sort of see their own values reflected. And yeah. I th- I think being very open and, and and transparent about what you do creates some sort of credibility, even though right. sometimes you post. It's a super smart idea. Like, honestly, like doing that on Twitter uh, it, and not only, I mean, yes, you use it as marketing, but also like for your community, like there's so many people who are now able to join mm-hmm. like the, the talk and like, I don't know mm-hmm. how you found like the, the initial ones. You're basically, as you said, you're kind of exchanging ideas with them kind of like as a public Slack. But um, I mean, that's basically, it sounds like a, actually like a, like a, like a really good base to really found like a very active community. Um, oh yeah. Then you can like put a framework around and then, uh, or just leave it like that. And you have this open source uh, community and you're sharing so many things with other people. I mean, uh, I'm, I don't know, be probably um, for you as well, but like when you start something, especially entrepreneurial, it's so helpful to just listen to someone going through the same stuff like a few mm-hmm. years ago than you are going through right now because you kind of feel mm-hmm. alone. You There again, it's the feedback. You you lack the feedback because everything is like so time and there's, there's a time gap between when you do something and the feedback you get. Um, and there's so long time periods where you don't, um get any feedback at all because mm-hmm. you're just sitting in your basement and coding and so or <laughs> developing something different so that's actually like a super smart idea um doing it over twitter i honestly never thought about it not a big twitter user either uh, mm-hmm. but uh that's that's smart that's really cool what how can people find it like um what is what is your twitter handle or my twitter handle is at super dominic um, it's over Dominic. You, okay, I'm gonna put that into the video. In the comment um, section below. Yeah. I, I think that's YouTube actually, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just, just oh yeah, in the video, but for the people who are not on, because we're gonna put this on Spotify, Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts, and everything else. At Sobe S O B E Dominic with a K. Yes, with a K. Um, okay. Uh, but by the way, uh, do you have your your video? Do you have the camera on front camera or back camera? Because mine just crashed. Like a minute. I have ago. it on front camera. Okay, perfect. So you're gonna see it if it crashes as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I hope the the video is on. I hope it didn't. Uh, I hope it saved the video before it crashed. Um, because otherwise you wanna check it. Nah, it's like I I started started recording, but we're gonna okay. have to see later what. But uh, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Honestly, it sounds like you already have a whole ecosystem going. You have your community, you have a marketing channel where you get like attraction, and mm-hmm. you already have what? So it's case tools, film types, store previewer, uh, help kits, and you. I remember the the nutrient app uh, you <laughs> wanted to develop. How's that one going? I mean, honestly, the the like for, I don't know. It, it might sound a bit crazy that I'm working on so many products, and I always question myself the same thing that it it it, it, it it's a bit much, and I'm sort of trying to sort of filter out the things that don't work, and 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 work more, dedicate my time more towards things that do work. So for film type, uh, for for Nutri, for example, it's still um, Nutri is this sort of um, nutrition nutrition guide that helps you to learn about macro and micronutrients yeah. um and super important and it's super important and i like i <laughs> the app is basically 98 finished 
but nice. um there is a coming back to university thing i when i wanted to launch it i had basically one more exam in my bachelor's to do and the fact that my um that i had to learn so much for this exam basically threw me off the complete like launching uh, schedule okay. i got completely out of it and then there were so many things happening in life that I just couldn't go back. And then I had other ideas. That's also like a founder's um, dilemma. <laughs> you have so many other ideas. And I just, yeah. And I just thought that um, I, I, when I, when I started Nutri, I was super into um, um, nutrition. I basically worked out five days a week, um, went, um, was basically in, in like the, the shape of my life. And then during like starting of like the, the this, this exam phase, basically neglected a bit of my nutrition. Everything felt a bit slower. I had to like study so much. And then I also felt like it, it like launching Nutri now doesn't really resemble like, like I want to stand 100% behind it. And um, I will definitely launch it in the future. Um, yeah. But I do want to focus on the projects that are working now um, and, and, and see from there. Yeah. Just coming back to what you said regarding the um like uh, sort of having this ecosystem right i it, it's super funny i got this um we have this little group of like four or five people um, um on whatsapp where we basically try to to keep ourselves accountable all people from austria actually that um we are friends and we are like indie hackers and um I had this one friend who was commenting um, the other day on a call where we were like keeping us updated. He was telling me like, Oh, Dominic, um, but it's now so easy for you to, to have this um, sort of community you can tap into. Right. And it, 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 it it's kind of like when, when, once I heard that it was like very hard for me to, to reason about, because the thing is that the still basically the, the sort of community basically I've built myself is still very small. And I think that the thing he was referencing to was that it's so hard to build it. And while this is true, I think that it's actually not. I think if you want to build an audience, um, two things you have to do. And the first thing is persevere. And the second yeah. one is persevere. Um, yeah. If you, if you give up, during a month of doing it and nobody listens and you get discouraged, obviously nothing is going to work out. Yeah. But if you do it for four or five consecutive months, obviously, if you don't, um, if you don't mess it up too badly, people will more or less start to dig it. If, if, if your content is somewhat good. And I assume everyone that is listening to this podcast definitely has the, the, um, the, the, the capabilities to do. Do you know, and, patient, do you know Gary V, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Gary V. Patient Panda. I don't know what that is. Oh, man. So he launched a few months back, like We Friends, I think it's called. It's like those yeah, yeah, small yeah. comics with the animals. Friends. And mm -hmm. he has like all the different animals. Um, mm -hmm. And there's Patient Panda. And there's like this small comic strip with things like four or five picture Instagram um, posts uh, where you have like people coming to... Uh, the patient panda was kind of like levitating, meditating, um, and people step in front of the patient panda and ask you like, it's like a guy, uh, like a, a kid with a basketball, like, hey, patient panda, when will I be good? Um, like being, uh, will I ever be good being, or what can I do to become better in playing basketball? Uh, the patient panda is like, be patient. And it's like, <laughs> and it kind of goes on with like people coming, like, when will I be better in like, when I become a superstar? Like, be patient. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like the, this this whole thing of just 
when you have expectations that things are going to work out until point X, otherwise you have failed. But you kind of have to duplicate that time or multiply by two or three yeah. or four uh, because it just takes a lot of time. When you say like four months until something happens, yeah. But until you're actually like successful to your own standards, living like especially as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, living from what you actually create, that's going to take years. And it's also kind of, except if you're like maybe like an overnight success, but it's also very it's normal and it it shouldn't all happen like from an instant. Mm-hmm. You should have to be patient. You should have to master what you're actually doing before anyone uh, gratifies you with a lot of money so you can actually live from it. And so this whole uh, patient panda that really got stuck in my head. So whenever someone talks about like takes more time or when someone is like in a hurry or someone is like frustrated because things are not moving as fast, I always have to think about patient panda. So there. Gary V actually made another person uh, have an influence on another person. Um, That's a nice so, analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So patient panda. Patient That's panda. Definitely something yeah. to people should think more often about. Yeah. And I feel like that being patient is also a very valuable skill in all sorts of like life situations, but it is also a skill that you have to learn, I think, because yes. it's, I think if you read like all of these self-help books and they talk about like perseverance and just be patient, um, that's not, it's not that easy. And there are Mm -hmm. some things I think in life that you have to basically mess up yourself once and then see from there. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, like everyone is impatient. Um, We basically, our generation loves instant gratification. Everything is yeah. basically set up for instant gratification. And so trigger, triggering your brain to do the complete opposite is very hard. And you also have to sort of, sort of at least for me, so maybe um, to give an example, you, you have to build some sort of mechanisms around how you can persevere. So what does that mean? So for example, even though from a monetary perspective, I'm not there where I want to be, the fact that I built this kind of small community and I share the things I do online with other people and I found basically friends in a community online um, provides me with some sort of sort of instant gratification that is like a intermediary between getting where I want to, but also having some sort of feedback. Yeah. If you don't, if you never get, you need, you need to get to a position where you can get some nuggets like some motivation nuggets. You need it along um, the way. Yeah. Spread along the way yeah. and also celebrate smaller goals, um, which is also a thing. Like even yeah. if it's, just, I don't know, if you send out your first marketing email campaign, yeah, celebrate it. Don't celebrate yeah. too much because not too much happened. But I, I just want to say that you have to find ways how you can stay motivated. Just perseverance in itself probably doesn't work and it makes you depressed. You got to find a, a middle ground how how you can actually sustain that yeah um yeah and- honestly like a, a short uh clap on your own shoulder or back um kind of like to to acknowledge that you're doing something great and um, now and then that's I, I there's it's a very important topic honestly because there's so much wrong like how to say like so many people you you have this um, some people, especially right now, like with all the media, um, yeah, people have this tendency to 
present and self-promote themselves as like super awesome and doing everything right. Mm-hmm. But then when you're actually, that's like a general thing. That's like, uh, you're, you kind of just try to level up your persona um, and kind of like saying, okay, you're awesome. But then when it comes to the actually like gratification part, when you're doing something right, you're mm-hmm. some often so self-punishing and not gratifying. Um, which is kind of like a really weird thing to see both sides on the one hand side, whenever someone asks you, um, how you're doing, a lot of people are like, yeah, everything is awesome. Everything's amazing. I'm doing great. This and this and that. Um, but then on the other hand, you kind of feel like nothing is, uh, moving fast enough and, uh, things are just not developing the way you want them to. And you kind of feel, I don't know, like a loser at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really weird to see those two things happening. So parallel because of so many people I talk to that are just feel like stuck or nothing's happening, nothing's progressing mm-hmm. and life's kind of being pointless. But on the other hand, uh, it's this front that people put up um, and that everything is great. And especially like with Instagram and all other like very, uh, well, picturesque um, platforms. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree. I also think that you... I mean, yeah, we live in this world where we 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 get very hooked on this survivorship bias, right? Survivorship, survivorship bias, bias says basically that only those that are succeeding will actually be very open and public about it. So obviously, uh, okay. every everything you see on most of things you see on Twitter, you see on Instagram yeah, are success, people that yeah. did succeed, but yeah. still, like you as a perfect example know much more than me about statistics um it's statistically proven that um 99 of people fail and just this one percent actually succeeds and given the fact that they we live in this world where we have like social media that um allows you to to um, to 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 elevate and 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 to to basically improve your voice or like not, not improve increase your voice yeah. right so you get to reach millions of people with your voice but and then everyone thinks that oh because there are like ten thousand, like ten thousand of people in, in in the whole world talking about their success that means that you're not successful and that means that yeah. there's no one else that is not succeeding which is completely yeah. um wrong 99 percent doesn't succeed and they won't ever tell talk about it yeah. this is also why I love the building public approach if you follow it rigorously, because you see more and more people on Twitter. Um, most of the time, I'd, I also have to say this in the bootstrap world, in the VC world, you don't see that because, well, it's a completely different piece. We can maybe dive into this a bit later. Um, <laughs> but the you, you see people also talking about the like the, the downs they have and and, and what yeah. doesn't succeed. And it's so important to also read about this. If you just read about all the successes, you think you're a failure and you think nothing works. And I think also coming back um, that I think entrepreneurism is a game of, um, is basically sort of like a lottery. It's a game. It's, it's, it's a very quantitative approach. You cannot, more, the majority of entrepreneurs do not, succeed with their first business or their first idea. It's probably the 10th, 20th, 30th idea that maybe works out. Um, as, a, no. as a really great example for that, um, my good friend, um, Peter Levers, um, 
he 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 Dutch guy who basically started the whole um, bootstrap online building in public approach. Um, super cool guy. I, I value him a lot. Um, he he basically um, had this. He started with this project called Twelve Projects, Twelve Months. So okay. where he basically built a micro startup every month and just tried nice. to validate it as as fast as possible and see. For there. example, um, I think he started with like this super cool idea, which was called um, Go Fucking Do It, which was a <laughs> website where you would put in um, where you would put in your um, your goal for like your new year goals or whatever. And you would then deposit a certain amount of money, like let's say 50 euros. Oh. Then you would also enter your sort of um, your validator's email address. So if I would say, I want to lose 10, 10 kilos in like three months, I would put in your email address, deposit like hundred euros, whatever it's worth to me. And then after three months, you would get an email that asks you, Hey, Jürgen, did Dominic lose 10 kilos? And then if you say yes, I get the money back. If you say no, he gets the money. <laughs> Damn. And he like he built all sort of like these kind of things. And then one of the projects was called Nomad List. And Nomad List was started out being just an Excel sheet or like Google Sheets mm-hmm. where people could um, list different cities in different countries and give them sort of attributes. Like for example, um, Bali has very bad internet, but good food, a lot of sun, um, a nice community. Lisbon has bad economics, but um, efficient housing. I, I don't know, I'm just making stuff up. And people contributed in this Google Sheets a lot. And then he, th- he thought like, why not just make a website? So he made this website called Nomadlist and um, nomadlist.com, which is now the sort of standard for digital nomads to basically have a sort of community um, where you can find other digital nomads. Um, you can also look up every sort of tiny detail about every digital nomad country in the world. And he basically um, he 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 publishes all of his um, um, revenue and also costs online, so everything is public. Yeah. So if you ever um, if you ever interested in that, you can go check it out. Yeah, right now it's amazing, honestly. Yeah, and um, if you go to I think the drop down and it says like open startup, um, if you click on that, you can also see how much he's earning. When did he when did he start those businesses? Like when was this year of twelve months, twelve business? <sighs> I would have to lie. I think like five years, six years Crazy. ago. Easy. And what has he done now? Like since, I mean, has he? So that's the thing. Peter launched 70 products in the past six years and only four were, four were actually profitable. So if you, if you calculate it, it would be roughly like 5% that were um, profitable. Right. Crazy. So, like four projects out of 70 projects that um, he made were actually profitable. So that's what I mean. It's a numbers game, entrepreneurism. Yeah. And um, that's so, also... So many things, so many things, like applications as well. Like all people who get frustrated when they send out five applications and don't yeah, make right. one. Like I know people who send out, like really great people who works at big tech companies who send out like 70 applications and then landed one job afterwards. Mm-hmm. If they would have sent like... 50 maybe they would still like 
in the old job and frustrated, but now they have uh, it's a, it's a numbers game. So many things are a numbers game. It's perseverance. It's coming back to perseverance. Yeah, um, yeah. It's crazy. And and it's certainly also the the and I think that's the cool thing about Peter, for example. He's very open about it, right? He tweets mm -hmm. about this. So you can go in and, and, and see this tweet and be like, oh my God, he actually tried 70 things and just four succeeded. Ah, for me, I'm, I'm making, I have two projects done and they don't really succeed. So I'm not like, I'm not miserable. I'm just maybe not at the 70 yet. Or maybe you need less, right? But it's yeah. just a mindset um, that, that helps you with this. And Sort of like maybe also my my opinion on 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 especially for 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 younger people students that want to like start a company, it's that you sort of get pushed into this notion that the only way you can create a company is by nowadays is by getting um, venture capital and um. raise money, and I think this is a completely wrong approach for most use cases for most business um, use cases i want to say there's definitely a use case where you really do have to get funding if it's a very complex pharmaceutical product if it's something that you really really need to put in a lot of money to make it work i get it but if it's your average software idea i i feel like getting getting venture capital just restricts you in so many ways. Yeah, and totally. the main reason is that you can not really, really pivot that easily. And if if you start bootstrapped, yes, it might be a bit complicated in the beginning, but you have so many opportunities to basically um, to mess up, try something else. Yeah. You work on the project for two months, you realize, okay, it's not working. Like the whole idea doesn't make any sense. Yeah, just and just you, you move one. on. Yeah. You're only yeah. accountable to yourself. I totally get what you mean. This whole Silicon Valley approach. I mean, yeah, big startups are based on it because it enables you to, with the finances, there come a lot of perks. Like you get your own sales team, you get your marketing team. If you're like a big idea that a lot of VCs or angel investors invest in. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, it limits you, like especially your personal growth. Like on the one hand side, I know so many people who, who have a startup and are venture backed who just have a miserable life because then you're like you own someone a lot oh, yeah. and you're not the boss of your own startup anymore completely and you're also not the boss of your own life anymore because you kind of have to make it to the market and be ready and uh, reach the, the targets you set yourself um, and mm -hmm. your company um like fast and you're accountable and you're being held accountable because a lot of people invest money into your idea uh, so i'm totally with you the whole bootstrap and solopreneur thing um, I personally, it's, it's, it's what I'm striving for as well, like without outside uh, capital um, to, to build something that is actually profitable. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so many people seem so fixated on the whole Silicon Valley approach that they forget that the most important thing is yourself, investing in yourself and doing and making your ideas reality. And uh, there are a million ways of financing them. And uh, honestly, like right now, for example, I took this one year of entrepreneurship and just want to do my own thing. And uh, I'm lucky enough that I had great internships that paid well and that I have some, some finances. But in the end, if my finances run out and I still want to continue not doing a full-time job, but focusing 100% on what I want to do, I'm just going to have to either move to a very budget version or spend a few weeks in uh, my parents' house 
um, and just find a way of how to finance your life. I mean, uh, obviously, it's easier said um, when you have that option to to limit your your expenses. Um, but there are always possibilities to do your own stuff without having to um, put most of your time into stakeholder management and shareholder management and getting VCs and pitching, et cetera, et cetera, before you even have more than an idea of a product. Um, so that's definitely something that should be more encouraged. People just do your own stuff and make it work and then look for look for ways how you can actually make it profitable yourself without getting like all the, the outside investment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, 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 I must say that the, I think the risk tolerance that you take definitely depends on a lot of factors and we both, for example, we can be super lucky to be just in a position, the economic position that we are in. We were born, we were both born in Austria, yeah. a very, very well economically, um, positioned yeah, totally. country, um, social health care is, is huge. And, and, and it's just like a lot of, um, external factors that were given to us, whereas yeah. probably different, different, different countries, maybe not provide this, but that being said, I think that, like you said, there are always options, how you can approach building a business and Ceteris paribus. Um, I think that the, the, all things equal, I think that there you if you want to start a business, I think you should try as best as possible to um, bootstrap it to 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 do it yourself. Also get like your hands dirty. If you say I cannot yeah, totally. code, I get it. Okay. If you're if you're if your skill set is something else than maybe coding, if you want to get into digital products, yeah, then find someone, like do it together, be two people. Um and 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 just don't just don't think that you have to outsource everything because um, you, you, the only thing you have is the idea. If you only have the idea, you're in a very bad spot because it's the execution as cheesy as it sounds. It's not the idea, it's the execution. And uh, yeah, you can have the best idea, but if you just don't know how to like start it, someone else will take advantage of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it, as you, as you just illustrated, like, uh, you can start from zero and have something ready in like a short amount of time. And it doesn't mean that as, as you said, it takes per perseverance to go to a point where you actually make money, but sometimes you're lucky. Um, like with case tools, uh, you got instant, uh, like a success. Um, but other times you just have to try, but the thing is just get started. Yeah. Just do something. As you say, yeah. get your hands dirty uh, just have something and ask friends and family for, for review, for feedback, and just put it out there, show your work, super important. Um, and um, if you like that process so far, like if you, um, the solo entrepreneur thing, you can always quit if you figure it's not for you. Mm -hmm. But if you go right out of college and start um a venture capital based startup, you're going to be committed for at least two yeah. three years. Um, and then it yeah. fails and then you have a negative track record. Um, and like when you start yourself, you just see if that's a life you actually want to live. Like so yeah. many people are way happier in corporate lives. Like I, I always bit bash on, on the fact that when people are like unhappy in their corporate lives, I'm really easy to, to say, yeah, Hey, then if, if there are people who, 
are always saying that they want to do something on their own, want to become independent, that I'll push them into that direction. Uh, but it's so often that uh, people are just happier when they are um, have this security. Yeah. The, the secure factor of having a, an income stream, having uh, fixed uh, colleagues, having a place uh, they can go to, they can call work. Um, so that's, it's just, uh, it's, it's not for everyone, but being a solopreneur, just trying it out, bootstrapping something, you, you're going to learn quite quickly if that's a life, uh, lifestyle for you or not. I, I totally agree. I also think just to hook into the fact that some people are happy with, um, the certainty, definitely. Um, I think entrepreneurism is not made for, for everyone. Um, and that doesn't, I don't want to say that. Um, that that these people that choose entrepreneurism are sort of like should be valued higher or better or in any way. Yeah. I think that entrepreneurism is a huge risk you're basically taking, and it's a it's I I, I sort of like like to um, compare it with you, you, like a um, if you like a, how should I how should I phrase this. Um, emotional state graph okay so mm -hmm. if you're an employee your um, emotional state will probably be very stagnant it will be a straight line sort of less you maybe have some ups and downs but it's very like the 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 average will be very like very equal so you, you don't have a lot of highs you don't have a lot of downs if you're an entrepreneur chances are you will have a bunch of super super lows and a couple of super good highs and it you gotta start to like somehow also enjoy the lows and this has been it's still like it it it, it, it it's still very hard but as an entrepreneur you just have to make yourself comfortable with the fact that there will always be uncertainty and yeah. it, it it is a Ooh, very you have to thrive with uncertainty I, you have, and and if you're not that type of person, um, it, it will basically crush you, and yeah. and and it it already does. People that are um, entrepreneurialistic minded, that's yeah. also where mental health for entrepreneurs is becoming more and more important. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you if you really think that you're not the type for all of these super crazy ups and downs, hundred percent, like don't ever like entrepreneurism isn't the 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 solution for everything. For example, if you are a, um, if you if you really are just about wealth and the money, um, if you have some sort of like technical job, um, as an employee, the chances of you getting wealthy, stable, stable in a stable way, are much higher. Um, it's it, it's actually insane to think about the difference between like if you are a I don't know if you are either self-employed as a as a freelancer, um, technical freelancer, or you're just working at a fan company. Um, you get so you get rich literally in like four or five years. Whereas an entrepreneur, you might like suffer for five years, eat only ramen, <laughs> and maybe then succeed. So it's a it's a trade-off. Um, yeah. And I maybe also to to hook into that, and I'm also curious about your opinion. It's Sometimes, at least for me, if I think about opportunity costs, it's really hard because um, given the fact that I have the technical abilities to basically do work in a tech company where my salary would be very high, um, presumably, 
um, given the fact that the word is um, the word is um, lacking um, developers. Um, developers are super scarce. That's why the job is paid so much. Um, I I do really struggle a lot with the opportunity cost thinking. That if I would join a company after finishing my studies, I would basically get much more money in that regard. Um, and I, I I sort of always tell myself that while this is true, I think that I just value being on my own, doing stuff I like and getting the feedback more than the actual monetary value I would get. Um, and I also love the uncertainty, which you just, <laughs> which which is just part of the game. Um, but I'm curious if you ever thought about opportunity costs and if this is something that also you're thinking about. I, I certainly get this um, get this a lot from people at our um, student uh, association. Yeah. A lot of people, um, young students at, at Icons, have this feeling where they technically could easily join a consultancy, get yeah. a pretty decent salary. Or start their own business. And yeah. if you're only thinking about uh, job safety, I mean, obviously it makes more sense. So just curious. So it's a it's a big topic for me right now. It's more the opposite. It's the or for me, the most recent decision was not staying with a Fang company and uh, instead using that year for my own project. So I, I took this very active decision uh, so you've been working and, with google and amazon right yeah <laughs> been through all of them <laughs> um so yeah and with amazon uh, honestly I, I loved my internship there it was the first half of this year and so i, lo- I love the company i was working in business analytics and the team was great my manager was amazing um she's like one of the most inspirational business person i i had um honestly the honor to learn from and mm-hmm. uh that was all so much better than i actually imagined it before uh, because for me it was mainly about uh, the learning experience i wanted a data science uh internship and, and then there i was actually thinking of staying there and it was because i knew i wouldn't start the masters in the summer so i was like already like interviewing for jobs i was thinking about maybe taking a job with amazon in tokyo so i was already having like those pre interviews oh nice and yeah and uh, honestly like for me it's not really about the money i know i would get enough money there i would i didn't even know how much they would pay me in in, in japan mm-hmm. i never even asked but i knew it would probably be enough to have a nice life there uh, hopefully they pay you in Kobe beef. <laughs> Kobe beef and ramen. I want my ramen. And ramen. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, but it, in the end, it was it was really something about what do I want with my life? Like what I want to do with my mm. life and where do I see I want to invest in? Because spending one year with Amazon before doing my master's would be a year I would definitely learn a lot. I would get better in the whole data science or business analytics or business intelligence field. And I would have an amazing time in Japan. But on the other hand, I know long-term, I want to be a successful entrepreneur. And Mm -hmm. that's the dream I have. So uh, joining a company for me would only be a good idea if that would help me being more successful as an entrepreneur, which means if I need the money, to save money so I can 
then realize my idea or because I have the feeling I lack knowledge in a certain field that I could gain from the job and then apply it to my own uh, entrepreneurship um, endeavors. Mm, so I get what you mean when you say um, you have this, because you're coming from the other side, right? You had this four years now where you've mm -hmm. during school, but also like you had like a, a gap year between your bachelor and your master's, right? So you, oh, yeah, sort of, not yeah. really, but um, yeah. But you, where you worked independently. So you already had like that time and now you're thinking about joining a company. And mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's hella attractive to go to a company. It's like, as you mm -hmm. said, there are so many advantages to it. Um, but uh, for me right now, having this experience, um, so it's not that long ago where I was just sitting every day working and still, it was a cool project I was working on, but in the end, uh, I always missed working on my own things, Yeah, working, being able to say, okay, I want to go deeper in that. I want to go deeper in that field. I want to. I think that's the most important thing to do right now to invest my time in. And yeah, for me, as like in a big company, at least that's the experience I made. It's always like this is your predefined um, thing you you work mm. on. That's your field. That are your tasks. Uh, yeah. And I would miss this freedom just too much if I would join a company now. I might have after I graduate because I'm gonna have to take on a loan if I want to study in the US. So I'm gonna have to join. Um, Or probably join the the workforce uh, eventually, um, mm -hmm. so. Uh, but uh, for me, it's always if it's if it's not profiting in any way the the entrepreneurial path that I want to take, um, it's just a. For, it's it's not a good decision for me, and um, so I guess it always depends on uh, on what you value the most. Uh, I don't know. I, I think there's so many people who want to become entrepreneurs and a lot of them like for different value, uh, reasons. Like yeah. it always depends on what you value. I mean, obviously a lot of people go into it with the, with the, the freedom uh, in mind. Some just want to sell um, a unicorn uh, and then have enough money to play around to become angel investors. A lot of people are into the whole, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a valid point, right? I mean, if that's the life you envision for yourself, uh, why not go after it? And mm -hmm. I'm not here to judge um, people for their for their motivations to do stuff. Uh, but mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's really about the the freedom of doing what I love to do. That's building communities, building teams, leading teams, working with them, seeing myself improve, seeing other people improve. And I can maybe do that as a manager in a company. But right now, I want to create that culture myself. And that means becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I so see. I don't know, like, for example, what are your, your highest values when it comes to, like, what do you enjoy the most about the entrepreneurship? What um, did you enjoy the most about uh, working in, like, you, you did internships before as well, right? Like, what were, like, I, the, I, uh, the upsides I, and downsides I, I, back then? I did one internship, for the record. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, um, uh, that was Hive, right? Yeah, it's like an innovation management um, yeah. consultancy. Um, what are my values? I think... Um, 110% um, money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like I, I, I feel that um, in the end, when it comes down to it, obviously money does play a role and everyone that becomes an entrepreneur would lie to themselves if it would, wouldn't be that reason. Um, that's sort of how we're, how we're wired, how we're structured. 
Um, however, that being said, I think for me, there are much more other, um, more prominent reasons why I, I love, like I would love to choose this route for the rest of my life, maybe, who knows? And that is that I just like having, like building something and then getting actually um, the appreciation from people that doing something, like something that you build, um, I actually tweeted this yesterday. It's like something you build from scratch and in the beginning it sucks and you think nobody will like it. And then all of a sudden you have a call with someone who tells you like how much time and like money and how it saves them and how cool it is. And I, I, I've received so many emails by now. I don't want to like uh, brag or in any way. It's just like, the, I don't know why, but sometimes I get like emails of people that just appreciate what I'm doing. And yeah. I don't think you don't get this. If you work in a company, you maybe get like a fake Slack bot that says you're doing a good job, but, um, or your, your manager gives, gives you, um, that, that does give you feedback, but it's just the fact that there's so like the whole community sometimes seems to like what you do and, and appreciate it. Um, just because you're helping them, right. You have them to solve a problem, be it as like, I would say simple and niche it is. Um, I'm not changing the world right now. Um, definitely not. But for me, it's just be, having the doing something that other people appreciate is a huge thing. I also really value that I can structure my time how I want it to. Um, the the fact that I like I am a huge night um, uh, how you night say owl. night night hour. Yeah, um, I I cannot work in the morning. I always yeah. struggled in, in school, getting up that early. Yeah. Um, I, I personally think that, um, I, I think it's also scientifically proven. Um, that, uh, and, uh, I don't know how to, how the, the opposite is called, but they, yeah, there's uh, yeah, kids, from... kids, kids can only like start thinking at like 9am and not definitely not 7am or maybe I'm saying ah, something. Uh, that what you mean? Saying, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I like for me it was always hard in the in the in, in the morning to work. And I found myself that I like I get super creative at night. And I I I really enjoy working like in the evening, sort of like yeah. night. Um, and you can't do this for a company unless you somehow manage to be 100 percent remote um, yeah. and then um, structure your your time how um, how you can, which is which would be super um, a valuable job. Um, super good perks to have in a job, but I just like to um, do what I want to do and also um, decide what I want to work on. Um, yeah. This is also something nobody tells you. You get feedback. This is important, but you always are the person that is responsible, which yeah. also um, flows into the um, sort of you, basically everything you, it, it's sort of like everything you do um, everything is dependent on you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, Especially in the beginning. If you don't get up, if you don't start to build a product, it won't be there. There won't be, you cannot lean back. And I like this. I just like having some sort of responsibility. The weight on your shoulders. The weight on, yeah, I, mm. I love that. Um, and I think, yeah, also the fact that being remote um, just working from your laptop um as cheese as it sounds just allows you to experience more cultures travel more yeah. and especially if you're young it, it's just a cool way of getting around um and so these are all the things that i really value um 
like I said, though, I mean, obviously there are, there are some downsides to it as well. Um, um, mostly the, the huge ups and downs. I think it's like, I, it's not fun waking up at 3am getting a message or like a, um, a phone call from your server provider that they are down and that translating to all your customers projects being down like this is the worst feeling probably anyone could ever have and i do not recommend any like i don't wish this up on my worst enemy um but it's still part of it and i like in the like afterwards i i i can laugh about it but it's still it sucks <laughs> like that that really sucks um and i yeah but 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 just to that i also um just want to cycle back one more thing and then i want also to ask you what your values are. Um, if you start out building something, the most important thing is no matter how long it takes, finish it. Um, the biggest problem people have in the beginning when they start building companies or products, products or startups, however you want to call them, is they start something and then they give up. And I think you should at least get it to a point where it's finished even if it's just in your head but don't stop midway through because mm. you have to like get to the point where you can execute like from zero to a hundred percent if you always stop after 60 70 80 yeah. percent for example like i did with my one app um, where i stopped after 90 percent finished this brings you into a very bad mental state in, in if you do this long enough and i yeah. just want to emphasize that again so yeah, just curious. But what, what, what about you? Do you want to? Uh, do you do, do you want to uh, solve the word? Do you want to? Uh... <laughs> so it's there's there's no easy answer there, and I'm thinking about that a lot. Like what the underlying reason is why I want choose that over over a more conventional path, and I haven't come to one conclusive answer yet. Mm-hmm. But there are different elements and. I don't know how I weighed them in terms of importance yet, but one insanely big part, and that goes through all my life, is the need and requirement of independence, freedom mm-hmm. in all different levels. And it's just something that goes very deep, like the, the feeling for freedom. Um, and it's being my own boss definitely goes hand in hand with that, having the freedom of... Uh, as you said, like pivoting earlier, that as a solopreneur, uh, you have much easier to pivot. And I want to focus on what I think is important. I want to focus in a, in the macro sense, like where do I want to build a product or a service um, to have an impact? That's the first freedom. But also the other freedom, like within this, where do I want to focus my time on? Where do I think right now I can have the biggest impact within the organization? And yeah. uh, those both freedoms are very important for me. And another big part I have identified as an as an uh, incentive for me to do that, uh, to be entrepreneurial, is the whole community and people based reason. So, whenever I so I spent over nine years for the last nine years in in organizations and started with like school politics and then got into yeah. uh, Icons and then um, Junior Enterprise Austria and Lumos. And uh, there were like the, the best times of my life, the best experiences of my life because of the people mm-hmm. and building a team and taking care of a group of people. 
that's one of the most rewarding experiences in my life. Mm-hmm. Making sure that they are feeling well and having an, um, what do you say, like this uh, space, basically, um, this environment where they can thrive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. become the best versions of themselves, learn, have a good time, have fun um, mm-hmm. as, as colleagues and friends, uh, but also like thrive in a professional sense, becoming better becoming better people, personal development. And I want to foster that kind of environment. So I want to really enable people to do that. Everyone, okay, not everyone, but most people have to work. And why not create a space where people become the best versions of themselves? And that's what I want to do when I found a business um, that is not going to be just me, but actually like maybe like one day a company where actually going to be many people working. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to create a surrounding for people to to thrive and become the best version of themselves. And uh, it doesn't, honestly, maybe it's never going to be a company. Maybe I'm just going to do the solo entrepreneur thing successfully enough. And then I'm going to found communities that are not profit oriented where I can mm-hmm. actually achieve that. But that's a very important factor uh, for me to get up in the morning, um, to become so competent at leading teams that people kind of have um, the ideal or just great um, options to to foster their their own skills and uh, well-being and personal development. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I I honestly like I I really want to to um, also just like emphasize for everyone that's listening that I've been following you all like for the past I don't know like ever since we we met each other for the first time like four or five years ago. And I'm really amazed by the, 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 the like multiple things you seem to do in parallel. Um, the things you also like the bigger projects you start. I think like starting another association from scratch must be also like a super hard thing. Getting the people, everything. I mean, it, it's crazy. And before that, handling. Um, I can as a an executive board director. I, I think that. Um, I, I really like. I really envy your. Um, how should I? How should I put it? The 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 fact that you really, you yeah. I can really understand why you, um, why you fathom so much about like the community building. I can really see that, and I really. Um, I was always like, whenever I saw like that on LinkedIn, like Jürgen like um, posted something, and oh my god, is he starting something again? Like. Is, is he is he now taking over Europe and then like the world or is it the world first and then maybe <laughs> Europe? I don't know. So I just uh, I don't want to sugarcoat this, but I really like I really envy this, and I think that um, I I think that you will definitely find um, some sort of way how you can really make make um, advantage of your skill set in terms of like building communities, if it's a company or it's some sort of like nonprofit oriented one. Um, in either way, I think that, um, yeah, uh, maybe there you will form the next European Union. Who knows? I would certainly not be. <laughs> I would certainly not be surprised. Yeah, well, just make let's, a let's digital. First. <laughs> make a make a, a a cryptocurrency backed European Union. <laughs> and not a oh, I European. see the circle just closed itself, which is actually perfect because uh, I guess we're like over one and a half hours already. 
Um, yes. So honestly, and and uh, honestly, I have, because the recording stopped, I don't even know how long we've uh, we've been on this already. Uh, but uh, I definitely One enjoyed hour it. Hour forty four. Damn it! Wow. Um, <laughs> so no, honestly, uh, it's it's actually it's a shame that uh, I guess like in in terms of we kind of have to leave something for the next time, and I have the feeling I said that's definitely gonna be a next time with you, Dominic. So thank you so much for. Uh, for coming today, there was uh, there's just such an amazing range of topics we just went through, and yeah. it kind of went by in in like a blink. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy that uh, that I finally started my podcast on my way, and I really now after this episode, I really have the feeling it's a it's a great idea, and I'm gonna pat myself on the shoulder there, and that's <laughs> exactly the kind of conversations I just want to conserve because they're. Um, that's amazing. And why not share it with other people? And uh, I definitely going to profit from that conversation again and again and again by re-listening to it, um, which I'm definitely going to do because I want to use this as a learning experience for myself. Um, mm-hmm. And also because there are just a million things you said in this one hour, 44 minutes alone um, that uh, I definitely have to gonna write down and look into more. Uh, because that's just that's just pure gold. Um, uh, <laughs> Please take everything with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm definitely not 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 Jesus yet, but um, I I also have to. Um, I really also want to emphasize. I really enjoyed um, the talk. The the things we covered. It was very like a variety of topics yeah. we talked about. And you think thank you so much for having me as your. As your first podcast guest, I mean, this is like a super big honor for me. Um, <laughs> definitely would love to come back as well. And yeah, I hope uh, you you enjoy your time in uh, California. Find uh, find a good university, and uh, yeah, love to, to to keep in touch. And sure, yeah, awesome. So then, thanks so much. Thank everyone um, for for listening and joining. Uh, um, there's definitely going to be a variety of, of different uh, casts going to follow in the in the future. So stay tuned and thanks everyone. Bye.